Sessions. This is the Sound on Sound podcast. Hello and welcome to a special post-NAM podcast from Sound on Sound magazine. The SOS team just got back from the NAM show in Anaheim, California, where we got a taste of things to come in 2008. You've probably seen our video coverage online at soundonsound.com, but here are a few audio interviews that we made at the NAM show. First up, we talked to Nick Phoenix of East West Quantum Leap. They've got a range of sample-based software instruments that run on their Play engine. Hi, this is Nick Phoenix from Quantum Leap, and I'm here at the 2008 NAMM show, and uh, we are showing uh, well two products in particular that we're releasing in two weeks, which are Storm Drum 2 and Quantum Leap Pianos. And uh, Storm Drum 2 is the sequel to Storm Drum, which was... Uh, a very, very successful uh, film score-oriented percussion library. Storm Drum 2 is, is similar to that in the sense that it has a lot of big drums, but it's just uh, a much higher fidelity, more detailed uh, library that was recorded in Studio One at East-West Studio, which is a famous percussion, a famous room in general, but regard as many as the best percussion room anywhere. It's very similar to a Hollywood soundstage, but a little bit, a little bit more refined sounding. And uh, we also found just a lot of really unusual instruments um, the actual playable instruments in that library, it's over 12 gigabytes, it's uh, four times the size of the original storm drum, and um, instead of giving you loops, we give you MIDI performances, so now you can go in and change anything you could possibly imagine uh, within that uh, sequence, and uh, add your own you know, parts, and remove parts, and change everything. And it's a really exciting product. It really sounds good. And also we have Quantum Leap Pianos, which is uh, recorded in the same room at East West Studios. And it has just an incredibly realistic, huge, balanced sound, uh, tremendous dynamics. And really, when you hear it, you'll understand. It's just it's um, very different from anything that's been done before. Uh, when I originally mentioned to Doug that I wanted to do a piano, he thought I was crazy just because there's so many. But he, this is really very different. And, oh, but most importantly about the piano is it is 270 gigabytes, and the reason for this is that we recorded um, repetition samples. So um, when you uh, play a note repeatedly on a piano very quickly, the, the, the subsequent notes sound very different from the initial note because the string is ringing. Also, the hammer hasn't made it all the way back, and it just it has a different different sound. Our software recognizes when you play fast repetitions, and actually ex- we've extracted those samples, and it, it plays those back. So you get very, uh, you get realistic repetition performance. We have real staccato samples, real soft pedal, uh, tons of dynamic uh, uh, velocity layers, and um, so we're really excited about that. I, I just think it's um, everyone on the show has heard it. Literally every person. I think there was just one guy out of you know 200 that said, "Oh, you know, it sounds nice, but I have ivory." I think every other person said uh, they just couldn't believe it that it was you know the first piano they'd heard that. Uh, uh, they thought that was you know, really sounded amazing, and um, I'm also showing Forbidden Planet, which is not going to be out for a while, but it's a morphing synthesizer, and it's going to be very, very different from anything that's done before. Very cutting edge, uh, modern, hard driving electronica, melded with acoustic sounds that morph into each other, back and forth, and also a lot of crazy mad scientist type of sound design and stuff as well. I'm really excited about that. That's been, that's going to be that's my fun project that. Um, get done this year this is the sound on sound podcast thanks nick and remember if you need any more information about east west or quantum leaps products check out www.soundsonline.com next we had a chat with rob jones from focus right innovation here he is to tell you a bit more about their new stuff 
Hi, this is Rob Jones from Focusrite Innovation, um, live at the NAMM Show 2008. I'm just going to tell you what's new from the Focusrite Innovation product range. Um, in Focusrite, we have uh, the ISA-1, uh, which is a brand new single-channel preamp. Um, it's a boutique bit of kit. On the front, it has all your gain controls, etc., and a nice VU-style metering. And on the back, you've got all your input connections, etc., etc., uh, with a digital option card as well. Um, for more information, obviously check the Focusrite website, focusrite.com. And on the innovation side, we have the new Nocturne, which is the third in the Automap Universal series, which uses the Automap Universal technology to automap all of your uh, software, uh, your sequences, your plugins. Literally, just call them up and they appear on the Nocturne straight away. It's a very compact control service. It has eight encoders um, and a touch-sensitive encoders with lead rings and eight buttons um, that you can instantly assign to any of your software. So, for more information, uh, go to the Innovation website, innovationmusic.com. This is the Sound on Sound podcast. Rob Jones there from Focusrite Innovation. On the Saturday of the NAMM show, IMSTA, the International Music Software Trade Association, gave out blue t-shirts with the Buy the Software You Use slogan on them. The campaign was to publicise the threats that software piracy make to the industry and also to encourage users to purchase software legitimately. We spoke to Ray Williams, founder of IMSTA, to tell us a bit more about the organisation. Yeah, so we started IMSTA, uh, well, the whole idea of IMSTA, which is Be Cool, we started that in 2002. And... Um, it was a. It started at Music Mesa with a lot of the original software companies: uh, Steinberg, Performer. Back then, it was Emagic, uh, DigiDesign. All of them were in this one little room uh, on the third floor of, of one of those halls. And you know, I proposed them the idea of, okay, you know, we, we spent a lot of money developing software, marketing software. Uh, we spent a lot of money protecting software because. We heard uh, millions of dollars spent on dongles and, and uh, you know all kinds of ways of trying to combat piracy that were technologically based, and it's, that's fine. Just keep doing what you're doing. But have you done anything on the on the on the demand side? Like you, okay, you've got drugs, a drug war, and, and you spend all your money on policing, but you don't really spend any money. Uh, educating kids or, or doing any of that soft stuff that maybe prevent them from be, you know, becoming a drug addict. All we could do is say, look at it this way. If you are making music and you know you've stolen the guitar, you know, deep down inside there's some kind of a taint that's on that, that whole project. And yes, nobody would ever know you stole the guitar, but you know. And we're trying to say to people, you know, do the right thing. So this is a very... Um, uh, is soft, uh, some would say ridiculous approach to to fighting piracy because uh, there is no penalty, there is no, um, there's nothing really negative. It, 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 it's an intellectual appeal to people to, to think about the impact of what choice they're going to make. So, for example, we, we look at it in the context of a musician. A musician would be um, somebody that writes music for all kinds of purposes. And if it's a professional musician, they, you know, they, they have to somehow get compensated for this in order to keep making the music. So since our whole sphere of musicians, and, and this is our world, we appeal to them on the side of, wait a minute, how would you like if you never got paid for your art, you know? And, I mean, and, and we, we expect a lot of musicians to intellectually digest that, argue it internally and say, you know what, 
I can't afford that because I did buy the $100 worth of shoes last week and I did go out for my mates for drinking and, you know, we spent 50 bucks at the pub and, and I, you know, put that and that together. I could have just bought that program. And, you know, you buy the program, you don't have to buy it once, you own it, it's yours, you can make your music, and you're contributing to the growth of that business. Because if we've had instances where software companies have just, not so much for business reasons, but for um, reasons of sheer frustration with, with cracks and hacks, just giving up, TC works. Uh, that wasn't the only reason, but part of the reason was they produced synthesizers that were out there before they even released them. Everybody had them, and, and it's frustrating for a, a company to, to not be able to sell a product that they spent nine months and 16 people developing. You know, it's, it's really depressing. So we also want to build up and, and, and encourage and, and support, even just emotionally, the software developers to say, you know, we're out here trying to to convey your frustration to to these musicians that you're making all this music for. We're 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 doing this for you. So you keep writing your code and we'll 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 do this little little tiny bit for you. And uh, so there are all these things that, that we're doing but it, it boils down to some simple things uh, of uh, calls to action. We we have a slogan, which is buy the software you use. It's an intellectual uh, winner. There is no real questioning of that statement. It's if you, you know, using it, you know, just buy it. Um, there are arguments against that, like I can't afford it. Well, in a lot of things I can't afford in life. Many, many things. I'd love to have a Lamborghini, for example, but I can't afford it. So, I mean, if I could take a Lamborghini drive it home and steal it for a month, steal it for a year, whatever, I, I don't think I really want to do that. If I go to a um, convenience store and the clerk's not behind there and I've got, I picked up something and I can literally just walk out of the store without paying, I don't, I don't want to do that. Um, so the, the fact that a program can be cracked and it's available, really, it's still, it, it doesn't say you, you really should steal it. You know, we are in this together. This, this hall is full of software companies that are making tools for musicians. And these, some of these tools save musicians, I mean, thousands of dollars. I mean, you really had to spend twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 to make a half-decent demo with a lot of limitations. Today, the software tools have allowed people with their laptops to do what the big studios could do. And for that, you know, we want to say as music makers, because I'm a music maker myself, thank you, and I want to preserve this, and I want to keep this innovation going. If i got to pay a little bit of tax to keep that going, I'll do it. You know, you have a company like Native Instruments that are making all these products, and Native Instruments is not the biggest company in the world. They don't have the highest sales, but they have a lot of people using their stuff, Right? And what would it be like if they had all the money that was coming to them? You know, you go in a studio, you see a guy with a bat with battery, and it's a big it's a big project. It's a project where they're um, they're doing uh, maybe a, a, an album for an artist that you would know. The video is going to be on MTV, and 
they when they save their song, they save the samples with it, they save the outputs, they save everything. It's total recall, which was a dream when I was coming through. There's no total recall. Um, the quality, there's no hiss on the on battery. It doesn't. There's nothing there that was gonna the way the old drum machines used to do it. And, you know, native instruments. There's a crack of battery, so so you could actually be using that without ever compensating them. And is that really fair? Is, is, it, is it, well, not even fair, is it moral? You know, so we're looking at it from that level. We put the software companies together. The software companies are a diverse group. We have a lot of different players in there. We have more corporate and, and, and some one-person one companies. It's, it's very difficult to get consensus, but what we do have, what the consensus that we do have is for... Education. Just put the slogan out there, buy the software you use, put it on the boxes, put it on T-shirts, tomorrow we have T-shirt day, um, and, and just, just put it out there. Don't preach, don't get on any kind of soapbox, don't prosecute, don't sue anybody, you know, don't do any of that stuff. Just just make a moral argument and, and just ask people to, to be respectful of themselves, of their art, and, 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 the, and the products of other people. Get legit. Get on a Native Instruments um, you know, registration database so you can get information on what they're doing, the latest update. Just get legit. Get into, the, into that legal community one by one, step by step, save up. You know, a lot of these bedroom producers, they upgrade their Macs, their PCs, their speakers. They're constantly upgrading. So upgrade your software as well. Go legit. You get, you know, you, you, you get the feeling of belonging to a legitimate community, you know? This is the Sound on Sound podcast. That was Ray Williams from Imster, and you can get more information on the organisation and the Buy the Software You Use campaign at www.imster.org. Ray was talking about native instruments when we spoke to him, and we caught up with Pablo La Rosa to find out what's new from NI. Hi, I'm Pablo La Rosa. I'm the International Director of Marketing for Native Instruments in Berlin, and I'm here to tell you about a couple new announcements we've got at the NAMM Show 2008. First of all um, is the Core Player. A lot of people might be familiar with Core, which is kind of our our super instrument. It evolved from sort of a sound platform more into an amazing performance instrument, and we're now making available the power of Core um, in in a player called Core Player for free. So the big thing here is uh, you'll be able to download this Core Player. It works as a VST or audio unit or RTAS plug-in. can also run standalone. And it comes with built-in native instrument sounds using six of our most powerful synth engines. So the same synth engines that are in the Core 2 program, which include Reactor, Absynth, Massive, Contact, Guitar Rig, etc. Those are all built under the hood of Core Player. Um, There are free built-in patches, so it's essentially a free virtual instrument. You download this thing, immediately you can start playing sounds using the uh, famous core browser which allows you to find sounds quickly by a category or mood say I want a bass sound with a sharp attack that's analog then you can instantly get the results in a second the really cool thing about core player is it's also expandable so um, many people might know we've introduced a concept called core sound packs and these are affordable sound libraries that are designed to, to be used with core 2 now they can also be used with the core player so we had four sound libraries already available and at the NAM show we're introducing four more one is called pop drums and it's a collection of really really nice studio drum sets acoustic um, for pop production like jazz funk r&b uh, we've got a best of absinthe collection we've got a whole new collection of massive presets and then uh, the last one is a, a collection of brass and uh, saxophone samples from the contact library so 
essentially what you get is uh, $49, um, depending on the library, um, you can get these additional sounds, use them with the core player, um, giving people the ability to get high-quality native instrument sounds for an unbelievable price. Uh, the other cool thing is that you know now instead of having to think about what plugin do I want to buy, do I want to buy Massive, do I want to buy Absinthe, do I want to buy Contact, it doesn't matter. All you need to worry about are what kind of sounds you want because a core sound pack could be using engines from any of these plugins to create the sound that you get. So it's a very flexible and, and affordable way for, for everyone to get into the, the native instrument sound, which is a standard in amongst professional musicians and producers. This is the Sound on Sound podcast. That was Pablo La Rosa from Native Instruments, and you can find out more information at native-instruments.com. Finally, we caught up with Waves to see what new stuff they had on their booth. Hey there, Shahar here from Waves, talking to Chris from Sound on Sound. I was just telling you about the three new products we have. The first is IGTR. The IGTR is a portable guitar processor. It has three amp effects, three ambient effects, and then a, a wah, a tremolo, and a phaser. It's only 100 bucks street. It's to allow you to play your guitar on the road, practice, play late at night. You can plug your MP3 player into it and jam along, so it's really portable and convenient. That's IGTR. We also have GTR3. GTR3 is a total rehaul of our guitar amp modeler software that has a whole slew of amps that we modeled from Paul Reed Smith's private collection, a bunch of stomps that you can use standalone, so it's really cool. You get all these Waves plugins basically in the form of stomps. It sounds amazing. These are modeled amps. Um, on top of that, we also have the Studio Classics Collection, which we announced just this weekend. The Studio Classics Collection is the V-Series, the SSL, and the API, all three in one box. Check it out at waves.com. This is the Sound on Sound podcast. Thanks for listening to the SOS podcast. You can find out more information at www.soundonsound.com and also in forthcoming issues of Sound on Sound magazine. You can also check out the SOS forum at soundonsound.com forward slash forum where you can get answers to your technical queries and much, much more. Also, look out for the March issue of Sound on Sound magazine, which will be in stores on the 14th of February. Inside, you can expect to find a big strings feature on how to get strings in your own music, as well as the normal news, reviews and technique articles that feature in the magazine every month. 